0: Quick Takes is a podcast from BCA Research, informing investors with straightforward, actionable analysis of macro and market events. Hi there, and welcome to the Quick Takes podcast. I'm your host, Rekhaya Ibrahim, strategist at BCA Research. The year-to-date U.S. equity rally has recently fizzled, and the level of the S&P 500 is currently roughly where it was at the start of the second half of the year. Now, we got a slew of important U.S. economic data over the past week or so, including some key labor market updates as well as PMI readings for August. To get a better handle on the state of the U.S. economy and the implications for financial markets, this week I spoke to my colleague Doug Pita. Doug heads up BCA's U.S. Investment Strategy Service, and he's been among the most optimistic BCA strategists all year. Hi, Doug. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Rekhaia.
0: So, Doug, we've gotten quite a bit of U.S. economic data over the past week or so. For instance, we got a few key labor market releases, including the non-farm payrolls and jolts. We got the personal income and outlays report that provided an update on PCE inflation, household consumption, personal income and personal savings. And we got the manufacturing and services PMIs for August. Now, putting it all together, what is your assessment of the state of the U.S. economy? And specifically, the two main competing narratives that have been driving financial markets recently have been the no landing versus the soft landing scenarios. So in your opinion, which outcome is the economic data most consistent with?
1: In my view, the most likely outcome is a recession. It's still a recession. Now, I suppose I am in the kind of softest landing camp because I expect the coming recession will be more mild than the average recession, but I really don't buy the idea that we're not going to have a recession at all because overall, when I look at this run of data, I do believe it supports the conclusion that the economy is slowing and is likely to continue to slow. And I think that continued slowing is going to it's going to mark the end of the expansion.
0: And you actually have been among the most optimistic BCA strategists about the outlook for the U.S. economy and U.S. consumers. Now, you've joined me on the podcast multiple times this year. So our listeners know coming into 2023, you were bullish on the outlook for stocks. And you've maintained an overweight to equities until just a few weeks ago. So what has changed that made you reassess your position?
1: What has changed for me is that when we're coming into this year, It looked to us on the U.S. investment strategy team that the consensus was too bearish, too bleak, expected a recession to begin too soon. And I think that expectation, I think it's fair to say it was around the middle of this year and that the consensus was overwhelming. So when we looked at the year ahead, we said, gee, The expectations bar has been set so low that we think it will be really hard for the actual data to disappoint it and no trick at all for the actual data to beat it. And so we thought we were going to see from a fundamental basis positive surprises throughout the entire first half of this year, largely driven by an underestimation of the consumer the consumer's capacity and willingness to spend at a rate that would keep the expansion going. There's plenty of debate within BCA as to whether that diagnosis was correct. I guess I'm not the most objective observer, but I think it really was. I think what we've seen this year for the economy, for S&P 500 earnings, and for financial markets is that a friskier-than-expected consumer is what has generated these positive surprises fundamentally and for markets. But now it seems like the expectations bar is being raised to a level where it may be difficult for the actual data to exceed it and where it may be pretty darn easy for the data to miss the expectations. So just to sum it up, because I read a, a wonderful line that I will quote for you. I feel like we've got too much company now. You know, at the beginning of the year and throughout the first half, you know, a joke internally at BCA and on our BCA Live and unfiltered morning live stream that the bullish bandwagon was empty. And I've, I've been to people, you know, even the seats in business class, nobody's sitting in them. Well, now I think there's a lot more companies. So to the line that I think is a fantastic line and and that really does encapsulate why we now are equal weight and likely eventually to go to underweight. This is from, I'm a big admirer of Grant's interest rate observer and its eponymous proprietor. And I read an ad for one of the speakers at Grant's annual conference, coming up around the time of BCA's annual conference. This is from a value investor who says, quote, successful investing is about having everyone agree with you later. That's the story for the first half for that bull call working out, right? It was easy for the bull call to win because nobody believed it at the beginning of January. Now that everyone's come around to that view, If you had a position consistent with it in January, you achieved a lot of alpha. But now I look around, I think, gee, maybe successful results six to 12 months hence might be about being bearish now, turning bearish now, while the consensus seems to be coming a lot more sanguine.
0: What about the longer term outlook for the US economy? You've highlighted that the most likely outcome is recession, even if it appears that we're in the soft landing path over the near term. So what would it take for you to shift your allocation to equities from neutral to either underweight or to go overweight again?
1: You know, since the consumer was really the fulcrum for us for the constructive call on the economy and on risk assets, it comes down to the consumer. And I believe we are going to see the appetite and resources for consuming continuing to wane. Now, I think the consumer will be there for the rest of calendar 2023 to keep the expansion going. But I think as we head into the first half of 2024, we're going to see less and less of a tailwind from the accumulated excess pandemic savings, which households have been running down. And it seems to me we're going to see some pressure on income growth. I would expect that we are going to see by the first half of 2024, zero net payrolls gains. If that happens and then proceeds into red numbers, we're going to see household incomes shrinking. And I think if we are to see shrinking household incomes at a time when the excess pandemic savings are no longer available to support consumption on their own, that that is going to spell a recession. So the biggest thing I'm looking for, Rukaya, is what is going on in the labor market? And you mentioned the JOLTS data last week, job openings down quite a bit in July and revised quite a bit lower in June. We have a quits rate that is now back to a level consistent with the range that we saw before the pandemic led the quits rate to break out beyond anything we had previously seen in the history of that data beginning in 2000. So If the slowing in the labor market, and I should also note that the non-farm payrolls report for August, the three-month moving average of net non-farm payrolls growth turned out to be 31,000 smaller than we expected coming into the announcement, because while August beat by 17,000, June and July were revised down by an aggregate 110,000. 17,000 minus 110,000 is minus 93,000 or minus 31,000 a month. So instead of having a three month moving average of payrolls growth of 181,000, we've got a three month moving average of 150. That in itself isn't dire, but given that we've been above 200,000 for 20 some consecutive months, 150 does represent a palpable slowing. And if we are to continue on that track, we're really not that far away from seeing no payrolls growth or actually seeing contraction in payrolls. And I think once you remove the income support, given that I think the savings or wealth support is flagging, that we are likely to see a recession. And therefore that what's going to make me want to be underweight. Of course, if we wait until we see the red numbers on payrolls, we're going to be too late, But I'm just trying to get some color on what's to come for payrolls, and if they are slowing as our team expects, then we are going to get underweight equities to try to get out ahead of what we would expect would be at least a double-digit decline in the S&P 500 upon the arrival of a recession.
0: Well, Doug, thanks a lot for joining me today. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Rekhaya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Quick Takes Podcast. We'll be bringing you weekly quick takes with BCA strategists on a range of macro and market topics. Stay tuned for next week's episode.